We started attending Westover Hills five and a half years ago. Came from a small chapel that only had 200 people. And so it was a little overwhelming and I wasn't sure that that was gonna be a good thing. I'd only been in the military two years at that point, and we've moved to five different bases. Uh, the longest we've stayed at a base actually was here. It, it was difficult because we would get to a church family, just start to get involved, uh, then we would have to move. So pretty quickly after we got here, we started attending Jay and Molly's small group, and uh, Molly and I became friends on Facebook, and I saw a picture of her with Sabrina Phillips, who I went to high school with in a little town in southern New Mexico. And so I connected with Sabrina, and she very quickly asked me to come be a part of MOPS, and that felt like a good fit for me, and so really quickly my kids felt like this was a place they wanted to be, and I knew that was important. Yeah, not even, I think it was just four or five months of being here. I was already really involved in Kids in Divine Service. In a church environment, and especially in this environment, I've always found it very easy to relate to other people. Being in creative ministry has given me a brand new family, a huge family full of my closest friends. I see them all the time at church. I depend on them. I get so many messages from them. <laughs> the benefit to having our kids getting connected with their friends, we've made friends through that connection now too because all the friends that they have there, now that's become a new family for us too. We get together, you know, every other month it seems like to have a big get together and just hang out. The people at our church are our family. You know, it's true. Being in the military, you know, we don't have, we don't carry our family with us. We don't, we don't live in the same place as our parents or our cousins. So family becomes who we spend our life with. And who we spend our life with is our church family. You can have different experiences in church. It can be some place that you come to Sunday, come to on Sunday, and that's not a bad thing. Um, but in in a church that's large and in a church where there's a lot of people that you probably don't know, there's no better way than than um, getting connected. We need each other, and just as much as as that family might need to be connected, we need them to be connected too, because we need them to be a part of of our lives as well. I'm Paul. I'm Mio. I'm Maddie. I'm Josh. We're the Pride Moors. In our Growing Together series today, I want to begin by telling you we're better together because we grow together. We're better together because we grow together. Have you ever looked at mission statements of different companies? Do you ever see uh, uh, companies kind of over-promise, under-deliver. Uh, for example, uh, Coca-Cola. 
Coca-Cola Company, they have a mission statement. Their mission statement is this. They want to refresh the world, mind, body, and spirit. How does drinking Coke refresh your spirit? I just am curious about that. A Hershey's company, they have this long, convoluted uh, mission statement, and it goes into, well, we want to be uh, socially responsible. How does eating a chocolate kiss somehow demonstrate social responsibility? Uh, and I even got thinking, uh, raisins, we always buy sun-made raisins. And, and I begin to look, over the last 100 years, they have the same label, but this lady has got younger and thinner. <laughs> Yes, the lady on this box in a hundred years, a hundred years she's got thinner and younger and happier. Go out and get raisins this afternoon. Now you know what I'm on. So here it is. Here's for a better life. Drink Coke, eat chocolate-covered raisins. Your spirit will be refreshed. You'll be socially responsible. You'll get younger. Right, there it is. Life can't get any better than that. <laughs> ah! Westover, we have a mission statement. Our mission statement is, is two phrases, four words. Making new, making great. Now, making new refers to salvation. Can I tell you, the church doesn't hold that, own it, or distribute it. It's all about God. In fact, I will go as far as to say you can have a making new experience and never go to church because it's all the work of salvation, the Holy Spirit in our heart, making new. But making great, I will tell you this, you will not have a making great life without being in church. Now that is in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are a member, we're a part of the body of Christ. We are better together because we grow together. And if we're going to have a making great life, we, we've got to be a part of a body. Can I tell you, some of you, you, you don't realize what God has. God, here's what Scripture says. Scripture says, uh, uh, he's, the Lord says He wants to have your life enriched in every way. Moreover, it tells us in Scripture, God has called us to a life we will enjoy. Some of you don't even believe verses like that are in the Bible. But God wants you enriched in every way, and He's called you into a life that you will f fully enjoy. Can I tell you, God has a mission statement for your life. Every believer in here, God has a mission statement for your life. And here it is. I'm going to share it with you. Be awesome. Be an awesome dad. Be an awesome mom. Be an awesome spouse. Be an awesome teacher. Be an awesome nurse. Be an awesome administrator. Be an awesome business owner. Be an awesome believer. Be awesome in every aspect. Why? Because when people see your good works, they're going to glorify the Father in heaven. And that's what God wants for every one of us. But many of us say, my life is not awesome. I would not put it on a scale of awesome. I wouldn't describe it that way. Then what's missing? Now, I want to share that with you today. In 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 18, in fact, it's the last word Simon Peter will give us. This is the last word that's spoken by him. In fact, most scholars believe he writes this 2 Peter in the year in which he was martyred for his faith in Christ. He was crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the manner of my Lord. He gave his life for his faith in the city of Rome. That same year, probably, he wrote this book. And I'm wondering if he's pondering the moment in which he denied the Lord. 
If his mind went back for a moment in which he said, Jesus, I will be there. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. He said, oh, Lord, I won't. And sure enough, he fell. I wonder if he's reflecting, why did I fall? How did I miss it? I almost wonder if it might be embedded in this. It's in verse number 18. Look at this. But grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. There's... Something I want you to see there, grow in grace and knowledge. We need both. We need both. Knowledge is information. When you go on the internet and you listen to a podcast, you order a Christian book, you download it in your reader, you read the Bible, you're, all, you're in your Bible study, that's growing in knowledge. And you need to do that. But the Scripture says we grow in grace and knowledge. Grace, girl, grace is relational. Grace is living it out. Yes, you need the knowledge, you need the information. Bible study is wonderful. But it's not just enough to have information. We need it lived out. We need to grow in grace and knowledge. God has called us that we would be able to live an awesome life. Some of us know more verses than we can live. Why? Because we're growing in knowledge. We're not growing in grace. And God wants us to grow in both, that we would demonstrate His goodness. We're better together because we grow together. And at Westover, we have two primary methods of really growing you in grace and in knowledge. And that is life groups and ministry groups. Two kind of groups here at Westover. A life group is people that get together at least once a month in living rooms. Some meet in coffee houses. Some huddle together on campuses and different venues. But they come together for about an hour, an hour and a half, and they share together. Yes, there's a Bible study. In fact, it's on our app. Every message that we give you on the Westover app has life group questions. And you begin to share what is God saying to you and what's God saying to you and what's God saying to you sharing together in that moment and that setting in the live group and they they're explaining and talking about scripture but they're sharing life together at the same time the same thing with ministry groups music ministry kids ministry student ministry everyone we we have groups everyone that's in ministry at westover is in a group because we not not only want you to serve the Lord, we want you to grow in the Lord. We want you to be connected. So connect in life groups and ministry groups. But the question before, and it is a fair question everyone would have in this room perhaps, why should I join a group? And I'm here to invite you to do that. I'm here to put in your prayer conversation that you begin to ponder because some of you are coming, you say, I don't feel connected. Some have been in the fringe of the church for, for several months and some for a couple years just kind of coming in and out and you're not connected and the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart and certainly the Lord put it on our heart. We need to see you connected so you grow together with us. And I believe the Holy Spirit is awakening that. But the question is, why should you be a part of a ministry group or life group? I want to share very quickly with you five reasons today why you should be a part of a ministry or life group. Number one, to become a part of a group and draw closer to others. To become a part of that group and draw closer to others. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter number 2, verse 42 through about 44, it says of the New Testament church, they, they didn't just grow in knowledge. They got together and they talked about the apostles' doctrine. That's knowledge. But the Bible said they were in fellowship. They were sharing together, encouraging one another, 
and they had all things in common. There was a sense of community. They were not just they were not just believers. They were a part of a group and they were strengthening one another and drawing closer together. There needs to be some one anothering in our life. Some one anothering. One anothering. Coming together and sharing one with another. Encouraging one with another. Praying one with another. That happens in ministry groups and life groups. And I noticed that there are perhaps stages of connecting in a church. And many of us are in this pathway. And maybe you'll identify where you are today. There are some people that refer to the church as that church. You drive by, you maybe here today, you say, that church. But then all of a sudden you move from, from that church, you begin to describe it as them and they. Now that's a, that, that, that's a little more personal, that, that church, you say them and they. You're still in the them and they stage. Then all of a sudden you move from them and they, you say, I go there. I go to that church. Well, you move from them and they to I go. Then all of a sudden, somewhere along the pathway, it's, it's getting closer together. You say, my church. And some of you have said that in the last few months. That's my church. I don't just go there. That's, it's, it's where God's putting That's my church. But there is one more step. There's one more place of coming together. It's when you begin to say, they're my family. Familia. Family. When you're, when you're connected in life group and ministry group, then the church is your family. Oh, it's great to go to church. It's great to come to church. But it's even better to become a part of the church. And you do that in ministry group and life group. Number two, reason to join a group is to learn more about the Bible through sharing because growth happens naturally in relationships. Yes. Ephesians chapter number 4 tells us, he says, instead we're to speak the truth in love. He's talking about the body of Christ. Notice this phrase, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Growing in every way. That tells me there's more than one way. There's more than just having a podcast, reading a book, and just having a devotion uh, online or whatever the case may be. Growing in every way. There is, a, there is another and a deeper connection. And that is the, the, the group and coming together. And let me share with you spiritual growth. This is, this is going to be new for some of us. Spiritual growth is unlike any other growth. Spiritual growth is not like physical growth. It's different. And some of us think that that it's, that, that it's we, we, we haven't fight, quite caught on to that in how the dynamic of spiritual growth and body community works. But it's different from any other kind of growth. Uh, go to the health club. Get a membership. I want you to think about this. You can go down to the, to the gym tomorrow. Go there about 6 o'clock in the morning. You can walk in with the headband on, the tennis shoes on. You can have all of the workout uh, stuff on. You can go in and you can smell the perspiration. You hear people huffing and puffing and cycling away and people doing. You can see that guy, you know, with the arms. That, he looks like Samson. Don't you hate to exercise by that guy? I mean, uh, oh, like this. And they go, and he's just chiseled. And I, I mean, Wow. You're so impressed with that. Do you know going there and just being in the room, you will never get stronger physically? 
show up with some, some donuts, <laughs> your smartphone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, play, play a game there. Guess what? His workout won't go into you and your arms grow by just being there. You get that, right? You get that. In order to grow physically, you've got you to get in there and do it yourself. But I want to tell you, spiritual growth is unlike any other growth. You see, just coming together in a group, you will grow by being with them. Physical growth doesn't happen that way. You can go to the gym and never increase your muscle mass by going to the gym. But can I tell you, being in a group, when people tell their stories and people unpack their journey... You learn from them. You glean from them. That's what the Bible says. We're part of one another. That there's some things I cannot do, the hand cannot do, or the foot cannot do, and another part of the body provides it. We actually grow stronger together by being together. There is that collective learning. That's the dynamic of the body of Christ. And spiritual growth is unlike any other. You will grow by just being in the room because you hear their story. And, and how God brought grace to them and how they prayed through and how they discovered God's wisdom, how they worked with it, and how they received God's assurance in a matter. And you're sitting there, wow, God, look what you've done. But see, God wants us to learn by perspective and not always by mistake. Perspective. When you're in a life group or a ministry group and people share their story and their journey, their growth place and their growth pattern and their, their journey of faith, all of a sudden you go, wow, yeah, I now see. I, really, that, that's interesting. Yeah, that applies to where I'm at. Your, grow, your perspective is being increased. If we will not grow by perspective, we have to grow by mistake. And many of us, our spiritual growth is just mistake after mistake it's oops and uh-ohs. That describes your life. Oops and uh-ohs. Mistake after mistake. If you would be a part of a group and allow God to teach you through perspective, the enrollment in the school of hard knocks would go down immediately because people would not have to learn by mistakes. They would be, lear- they'd be learning by the, the group dynamic of the body of Christ. Their perspective would increase. Number three. Why we should be involved in a group is you will feel more a part of God's family, the church. You'll just feel more a part. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse number 5, so in Christ, that's the body of Christ, in Jesus, in Jesus, this is a spiritual conversation, though many form one body, though many form one body. I always like to remind people of this verse. This is one of many verses in the New Testament. People say, I don't like a big church. Then cut this verse out of your Bible. Because the Bible says, though many, in Christ, though many. He wants as many people as possible. God wants all of his children redeemed, saved, brought back to him, restored, growing together, having an awesome life, living forth his his truth and and becoming and being transformed into his image. Don't ever say, "I, I I don't want it to get any bigger because God never says that. God's heart never pushes people away. God's heart always embraces people. Though many form one body, you'll feel a part of the body. And I've noticed in pastoring through the years, there are different reasons people avoid groups. 
oh, I'm not sure I want to get involved. I don't know if I, I feel comfortable. I don't know. What, no, here's some reasons. Number one, fear. Probably the number one reason why some of you have not gotten involved in a life group or ministry group is fear. Do you know the, the number one fear in America? Number one fear of America is the fear of rejection. And advertisers exploit that because they want you to think this is cool. Teenagers get into it. Adults get into it. This is the cool thing. Everybody has one. Everybody's doing it. And if you're not doing it, you're not included. You're not a part of it. Somebody will think, I'm not, oh, you're, you're lame. You're not a part of this. The fear of rejection takes us, sends us shopping online, sends us to the store to buy stuff we don't need and stack up credit card debt because we want to belong. A sense of being a part because the fear of being rejected is number one reason. Well, if, I, if I'm a part of a group, and what if they don't like me? That, that's that's a, heavy, a heavy matter for many people. Yeah. Number two is risk. Risk. Yeah, you, you become vulnerable. Do you know what? Mistakenly, many of us think, many of us think everybody else's kids are perfect. Everybody else's marriage is perfect. Everybody else... They get up in the morning and the first thing they say is, Hallelujah. <laughs> Their kids wake up, Oh, I am wonder- it's wonderful to be a part. Mom, can I make my bed your bed? And can I w-? and they're thinking, We think they're angels. We think they we think it they get around the dinner table and they hold hands and they pray and then they sing a course of worship and they kiss it. We, we think they're perfect and, and we live we live a far less perfect life. Risk. Yeah. Do you know what? All of us. All of us are there. Yeah. That's, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. When, when we have company over, Denise has me put out the, the nice hand towel. She wants you to think that we don't have any holes in any of our towels. <laughs> no, don't put that. I don't want people to know we have towels with holes in them. We're not letting like that. So the the... Towels with holes, they go to the bathroom. We use, we use them, but we want you to think all of our towels are perfect. They're relatively new, and they smell fresh like a, like a garden of roses. Nah, nah. We, we all live in that risk. We, we're afraid. We, we don't want to become vulnerable. Uh, number three reason, it's busy. Yeah, busy. I respect that you're busy. And one of the things we tell life groups is, 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 is steward the time. Steward the time. An hour, two hours a month, 90 minute coming together can just make so much difference in, in the community of group and ministry groups. It's, it's just that, that personal investment in your heart. And I recognize you're busy. And I want to take for just a moment, let me talk to the single moms. Single moms, you do double duty. You never feel like you're, there's enough of you to go around. You never feel like you can handle everything. And you have to have a microwave meal a couple times a week. And you feel guilty about all that. And I've watched single moms feel like if they do anything for themselves, that it's wrong. They're not being a good parent. Can I just take a moment and talk to the hearts of single moms? When you do for you, your kids win. And you need to do some things that just refresh you. Because when your spirit is refreshed, you're a better mom every other moment throughout the month. So don't feel guilty about that. 
And then number four reason is why people often don't get involved in a, in a life group is just unfamiliar. Pastor, I don't know how. What's, why do you do that? Well, let me explain it. The second and the fourth Sundays of every month, we have our next steps class. One time. It's a three-hour class from nine till noon. Twice a month. Any weekend you go, you will go. It'll take you all the way through. It shares our values. We talk about our vision. You'll do a gift analysis. It's a way to connect to a ministry. It'll help you get into a life group. It'll, it's, it's the next step from just sitting in church. It's your next step to connecting. The next step class. Second and fourth Sundays of every month. Take that step. We want to see you become a part and feel a part of God's family. Number four, why to be a part of a life group, ministry group? Because you will discover skills within yourself that you never realized you had. For the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse number 6, that we all have gifts differently. And many of us in here, we're not a musician. We can't play. We're, you, you don't feel comfortable uh, on a platform or in front of people doing a Bible study. I get that. That's, that's all right. And you say, there's nothing I can do. Oh, no, 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 no. Many times in group ministries where people discover their gift because they're going to be in a community and discussing and somebody's going to say, guess what I'm going through and my daughter is. And say, you know what? I teach that. Can I help your, could you help my daughter? Could you, wow, you're the breakthrough person and your gift comes through. It's, it's providing a meal for sometimes when, when a family is having a funeral. That happens in the, in the life group. It's just all of those areas where your unique gift and ministry comes out. Denise and I, just a few weeks ago, we were in our life group. We hosted in our home. We were together. And after we had had some refreshments, we were sitting down and one of the families in the life group, I pitched them. I said, Don, why don't you lead off in this and take this moment? <laughs> there was a particular conversation we were going to have in our life group. And Don began to speak, and I sensed something. God used Don in the gift of the word of wisdom right in our life group. He began to talk, but he began to share as one having authority. And he began to talk about inhibitions and how inhibitions sometimes hold us back and we have to step out of that. And from that moment around the living room in our life group, people begin to share their inhibitions. Uh, uh, Rudy spoke up and he shared his and went around. Then it was just, it was all just a spontaneous moment. Don, Don just stepped in the moment and God used him in our life group. It's in life group often you discover where God's going to use you. And number five, the last. Why to be involved in a life group? Because it strengthens you and you in turn will strengthen others. It'll strengthen you. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're part of the body of Christ. Here's how it works. There'll be times you're going to sit in the chair where you need to be strengthened and loved on. Yeah. Your day will come. And you need people that will pray for you. 
that will text you, check on you, help you, support you. But there's going to be a day you're going to sit in the same chair. You're going to need to sit in that chair and receive from them because you're going to feel like you don't have any breath in you to breathe and you can't go on. And then your group, your circle, your, 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 your family, your church family will pray for you. In our life group, I, I, I have my men's group this afternoon. There have been times a fellow said, I'm in this season, it's tough. And you know what? Everybody has a tough season. No matter, no matter how much you try, there are just times it's tough. Life, marriage, whatever, job, it's tough. And sometimes it's your, your, your moment to sit in the chair and people to encourage you and say, come on, you can make it. You're going to get through this. It's not the end. It feels like the end, but it's not the end there'll be another time when somebody else sits in that chair and they get encouraged and then sometimes we we celebrate together we just say wow what that's a win that's what we prayed for three months ago and god has brought it to pass your your son your grown son made the phone call you haven't heard from him in 18 months wow we were praying for that we were asking god to make that happen and we just celebrate that. That happens. You strengthen others, and others will strengthen you. So I'm here today to put this as a prayer thought in your heart. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to stir it. We have many people that's in the fringe. You're saying, that's, I go to that church. You're about to say, that's my church. I want to invite you to say, it's my family. My family. To get connected. I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to people and you're saying, I've been on the fringe too long. What do I do, Pastor? Go to our Next Steps class and we'll advance you through that. Second and fourth Sundays of each month and we'll watch God do something incredible. We'll be able to put our arms and our heart around you and you'll be a part of a family that will, they're waiting to receive you. They're, They're waiting for you to belong. And I want to talk to some of my veteran believers, some of my veteran Westover families. You got, you, I, I have confidence in your walk of faith. I have confidence in your life. I have confidence in your spiritual stability. I want to ask you, would you be willing to host a group? Because there are believers that your faith and your strength could, could go to them and help them. They need, they need you. They need you. So before I pray, I want to remind you, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, the word of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, he said this, as a fair exchange, as a fair exchange, I speak to my children. I love this phrase, open wide your hearts also. That's what I'm inviting you to do. Open wide your hearts also. God's opened his heart to you. This church has opened its heart to you. Open wide your heart also. Would you stand together with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for these dear people. 
And I believe there are people in this room, their heart conversation this year has been, we need to get connected. And this only confirms, Lord, what you're doing. And I pray for them. I pray, God, you'll take this message and these few timid words and you'll make it a word of the Lord to their spirit. I pray for our men that our men will get connected in men's groups. Single moms will get connected in single moms groups. Families will get connected in life groups. Believers will get connected in ministry groups and begin to grow in grace and knowledge. For the veterans in this house, God, that they've been asking the Lord, what's their new kingdom assignment? I believe many have heard it from the Lord today. There to open their heart and their home and there to begin to grow and strengthen people, to open wide their hearts. I pray, God, that we'll be able to extend your grace and your strength to people, lift them up, see them grow in the ways of the Lord and be established in their faith so they're not up and down, back and forth, but there's solid character building going on in their life. I pray that for them, Lord, and I speak your blessings upon them. And I speak this over the Westover Hills family, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.